Welcome to Autism for Badass Moms, the podcast for moms who are ready to reclaim their power and unleash their inner badass. I am Rashida Cartwright, your host, and like you, I am a mom of children living with autism. Together we will redefine what it means to be a mom raising children with autism, one badass step at a time. Ready to defy expectations? Shatter glass ceilings? Let us equip you with the tools and knowledge you will need to overcome life's challenges. So join us on this empowering journey to becoming a true badass mom, fierce, determined, and courageous. Welcome back to Autism for Badass Moms podcast. I am your host, Rashida, and do I have a topic for you today? Today's episode, we will talk about how no is a complete sentence. Yeah, you heard me right. No is a complete sentence. So we're going to explore the concept that the word no is, again, a complete sentence, We're also going to unpack the challenges that we as autism moms face when saying no and how to embrace this simple word that can lead to a more fulfilling life. And I'm not going to leave you without some strategies. So at the end, we're going to learn some strategies to set boundaries that will help you to protect your mental and emotional health. But before we dive into our discussion, let's talk about the significance of boundaries in our lives. And I'm going to talk about a few areas that we struggle with in setting boundaries with others. And this is not exclusive to just autism moms. There's individuals, moms, dads, anybody can um, have a difficult time setting boundaries. So the first one we're going to get into is overcommitting. And what that means is when you commit yourself to too many obligations, your schedule is too full, you're doing more than you are basically capable of doing. And we know as autism moms, many of our children's needs are very complex. We may have multiple therapy appointments to get them to. We got the school meetings, outside of work stuff we got, work obligations, Listen, if you need to make extra money or take on more shifts, and then don't even forget if you get another job or spending time with friends. So there is so many things that we have to manage. And what ends up happening to me as a result when I overcommit is that I don't want to go, okay? In the moment when I commit to something, It sounds really good. I'm so hyped up about it. I'm excited. I have so much energy. And then when it draws closer to the time where my commitment is like, you know, ready to be fulfilled, I get such a sense of dread. And then then my mind is like racing and I start to panic because how do I get myself out of it? I'm trying to figure out how to get out of it, one, without lying, and then two, I don't even want to disappoint the other person. So overcommitting, again, is really something that we as autism moms need to take a look at. Now, the second one is difficult time asking for help. And this is so common in our circle. Asking for help 
I think sometimes we perceive it as I don't have my stuff together. If I'm asking somebody for help, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm weak. And also, like, sometimes we think about, like, are, are they going to think something about me? What if they say no and how am I going to react at, at well, how am I going to react to that and how are they going to look at me? And I can tell you, like, I've felt all those things and more. And it's really, really hard to ask for help. I begin to feel so guilty or like I'm a burden. And, and that's not really what I want to be. But I just have those like real, you know, major feelings that come up. And nine times out of 10, and I don't know if this, you could relate to this, nine times out of 10, when I've not asked for help, and then, you know, after the fact, I'm saying, oh, well, I had to do this and juggle this and do this. They're like, why didn't you, like, call me and, or, or reach out to me? I could have helped you with that. So then I just kind of say, okay, next time, you know what? I know better. I'm going to do better. And you would think it was easier the next time to ask for help, but it's like I feel like I go through that same pattern of, like, what are they going to think? Do they think I'm weak? Even though they had just said, like, I'm here for you. Like, it's good. Just ask me. A third one um, that we deal with and that keeps us um, from sending those boundaries, accepting unsolicited advice from other people. So I know we all have those well-meaning friends and family who really care about us, but sometimes the advice is just not needed, okay? Um, especially when it's things about handling your child or what you should be doing with your child. So you got maybe the school system saying like, oh, maybe you want to consider ABA therapy. Um, you have a friend or a family member saying, you know, you really need to take some time for yourself, right? Like, when do you take time for yourself? And my answer is usually like, no time at all. And when I get those suggestions, I get so uncomfortable. Like, I feel weird inside. It just like, I don't know, it just makes me feel like, ugh. And, um, you know, then I sometimes think about like, how does my face look in the moment? Because I can feel it all being like tight. And I'm like, do they know that I'm just feeling uncomfortable right now? Because basically what I'm trying to do is hide my true feelings, you know, and my face is just like tensed up. And when other people give me advice, again, I know it's well-meaning, I, my confidence starts to go down a bit. I start feeling like maybe I'm doing something wrong for them to like kind of point out that uh, like, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And so I get so anxious and I get so caught up in my thoughts that I kind of like quickly slide into this like pool of like excessive worry. You know, again, what are people thinking about me? Am I not doing the right thing? And then there's times where I'm like, when this happens, because it happens like more often than not, I, I try to change the topic politely. Um, so like I'll say something like, oh, I tried that when I probably haven't tried that. Um, or I, I don't know. It just helps me to relieve some of that awkwardness. Um, and also it just sometimes I just allow them just to say what they have to say. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, you're right. I'll think about that. It, meanwhile, like back at the ranch, I'm like, oh, to the no. Number four is depleting the well. And I know this so, so well, right? 
And it's kind of like the zone that I'm in right now. I'm not sure if other moms are out there who can relate to that well-being so depleted because I get, I've been getting really exhausted lately. I've been like waking up with headaches. Um, my sleep could be so much better. And I find myself more negative and like cynical, which is not even like my temperament. My temperament is usually like happy and like, hey, and how you doing? And then now I'm like, oh, like got to go to work, got to do this, got to do X, Y, and Z. And I really don't like this this feeling, you know, because it's just not me. And what happens when my well is depleted is it's only because I'm doing too, too, too much, right? Like, I am always on the run. Like, it's it's like, I think there was a uh, movie called Run, Jane, Run or something like that. Like, that's Rashida Run, Rashida Run. You can't find me. Because my day job, I'm supervising an addictions program. And that can be so rewarding. And then at times it can be so taxing. And my, you know, when people are like, oh, how many hours a week do you work? Um, honestly, 40 hours a week, there that doesn't exist anymore, especially in, in, in the counseling therapy world. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, so my answer is I have no idea. I just get up, go, and I leave when I think I'm done. And... In the summer, I ended up, uh, you know, well, in the summer, I actually stopped working. I was working in a psychiatric emergency room. And I've been working in the psychiatric emergency room for about 16 years. And my shift, it was 16 hours. So I would go in on, like, Saturday morning and come out Sunday morning fresh. And managing the day job, the side job, having special needs children, finding time for friends, finding time for this relationship— and adding on, as I always do, the podcast and, and, and you guys, the community wanting to, to be there for you, it became so overwhelming. And I'm always the last person to really know that, like, I'm stressed out or I'm tired or exhausted. Again, sometimes it's just people have to, like, ask me, hey, you okay? Like, you, you all right? You don't look too good. And sometimes I'll take that advice and, and you know, let it simmer. But for the most part, it's it's really hard for me to slow down. And I know I'm not the only one out there who has a difficult time with that. And there's something to that. They say that, um, you know, people who may have a difficult time slowing down fear slowing down because maybe there are some things that we just don't want to deal with. I, in this process, have been feeling like everyone's taking, taking, taking from me. Everyone wants something. Rashida, 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 can you do this? Rashida, can you do this? simple tasks too, like at home, like simple things? Can you get the remote? No. Even though I'm right next to it, I'm like, no. Like this, that's like way too much for me. But I know I really have to take accountability for what I'm allowing in my life. Like I'm causing a lot of this chaos. And no one can take unless I'm actually a willing participant willing participant. So I want to give you an example. When I would come home from work, as soon as I came through the doors, my kids would already be all on top of me. And it's not the, hey, mom, hi, mom, we missed you. It's the, they were battling it out. Um, it was like watching the Royal Rumble, Rumble um, pay-per-view. I'm coming in on the middle tail end, not having any idea. And I would get so angry. 
so angry because I didn't even get time to put my stuff down, didn't get time to change my clothes, wash my hands, breathe, none of that. And to be honest, I would constantly yell and scream and go sit down somewhere. Or is there anything or divert them? Like, hey, why don't you go over in this room and you go over here and play this? Or you want to buy your new game? Because I just didn't want to deal. And that would affect my mood because then I'm now in action mode. So if I so I'm still in my work clothes now picking up everything that's been left on the floor or washing the dishes or starting dinner, and I haven't even settled my nervous system. As a result, I start feeling guilty because now I've yelled at my kids. They didn't do nothing to me. They didn't do nothing. They just want, they wanted a mom. They wanted to say, well, they wanted her mom to be a part of the argument. But in all essence, they wanted their mom. And I tur- in turn t- turned around and gave the message that, you know, I don't have time for you right now. And that, again, pushed us away because they were like, oh, don't go over to your mom because she's about to explode. And my husband was getting tired of me barking at him. Like, you know, you got to come get these kids. Like, why is it every time I'm coming home from work and the kids are here and are you dealing with it? What is happening all day? It wasn't until the point where I was just like, you know what, maybe I need to sit down with him and just kind of like express what I'm feeling. So I did that. I said, hey, let's have a little meeting, five minutes, because that's all the time I have energy for. It was like, you catch it, you better catch it in five or you're not going to get it. So I sat down with him. I talked to him about a little more. I talked to him a little more about my day as a therapist, as a supervisor, as working in addiction recovery service, as dealing with individuals who have constant trauma and losing um, clients who die from overdoses. And so I just kind of gave him a quick synopsis of what I deal with and how my day is often unpredictable because I don't know what could happen. And then he would be all in shock, like, oh, my gosh, because, again, we're not in the same um, vocational area. And he would be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't understand. I didn't realize it. I didn't know. And he would say, okay, so what can I do to help? And at first, again, that help, well, nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do. And I then decided, you know what, like, I'm going to give him something to do. So I told him that, you know, if I just had five minutes to come home um, like to go right to my room, wash my hands, get undressed, take my wig off because some of y'all know I wear a wig. You know, do all the things that I need to do. I will show up so much better for my kids. And so his vocation changed. He became a bouncer. So now it was as soon as I walk, as soon as I walk through the door. Now, as soon as the kids like run towards me, he no, come over here, come over here, come sit down. You weren't up before. Come sit down. Give your mom my five minutes. Give your mom five minutes. She's gonna talk to you. She's gonna get talked to you. And that has been such a blessing because now I can just kind of like go, calm myself down. Sit in some quiet. I actually go in my closet and sit in quiet because I feel like that kind of buffers the the kids because they always end up trying to find me. Um, and they're like, Mom, can I come in? And I've locked the door. I've learned my lesson. And then I'll hear him like, get away from the door. So um, I suggest that if you could talk to your partner or whoever you have as help to because it was just basically a, a game changer. And I had so much gratitude I was I became a better mom because of that. So they weren't getting the mom who was 
easily reactive, cynical, didn't have time, wanted to rush making dinner, they got the mom that they deserve. They got the mom who's like, all right, how's it, how was your day? What's going on? Um, what can I do? Maybe we can play later. I don't have the energy now, but we can play later. Because that's the mom I want to show up for them. I don't want the the mom who is out of control and then is going to feel guilty, then is going to just feel like they're not, you know, I'm going to be in therapy with my kids my whole life because I didn't like come in and acknowledge their issues because you know I feel like I already have one that I'm like, oh, they're going to take me to therapy. So how do we come up with some strategies to feel comfortable in saying no? Because I already talked to you about some reasons why we have difficulty saying no. And that was just, it was an exhaustive list. It was a very small list. And I'm sure you guys can think of other um, areas where it, it hinders you from saying no. But one thing I can tell you is that having a clear understanding of what drains your energy is so vital. Knowing like what you value, uh, what your needs are, what your limitations are is the foundation of setting boundaries. So what's a priority for me, I have to remember, may not be a priority for someone else. And knowing what you're willing and able to give. I, there's times where I've said yes, where I know like, how am I gonna do that? Like, especially in that moment, like how am I gonna work that out? I have no idea, but I guess I'm gonna work it out. One thing I can say that I value the most, I mean, I value my kids, I value my family, I value all those good stuff. I, I value my time. I cannot stand when my time is wasted. And so I make sure now that anything that I'm invited to or asked to do, it is worth my time. And if it's away from my kids, it's worth my time away from the kids. Secondly, Embracing no as a complete sentence. I don't have to continue the conversation after I say no. I don't. A lot of times people will try to break you down until you say yes. Like they may say, oh, like, why not? I don't understand. Then they go into that kind of, I call the negotiation tactics where it's like, well, what if I, or how about this? So the more you allow them to push at your boundaries, the harder they will push. I, my kids have been my practice point, okay? So I practice with my kids, and they're infamous for trying to push boundaries all types of ways. So I remember there was a blizzard. Blizzard. Couldn't see. It wasn't like the snow was stopping. Couldn't see in front of you. It was cold. Nobody wanted to be outside in no blizzard, okay? And my kids... The only kids want to be outside in a blizzard. Mom, can we go out now and um, play in the snow? No. Well, and again, I'm a work in progress. I didn't get the no down packed. Then they come with, well, why? Why? Other kids are probably playing in the snow. No. Then here they go again. Well, what if we um, just go out for five minutes? I mean, kids are so kids are so amazing at that. They're so amazing. And I continue to practice that because, and I say practice with your kids, because when they get to a certain point where you're having to explain yourself, I call it like the interrogation room, you're opening up Pandora's box. 
Like, it's like, oh my gosh, I got mom. I got mom now. I just got to keep working her, working her, working her. As opposed to no, like that's no, I don't have to explain myself. No, that is the answer. And then sometimes what happens now with my kids is they'll come up with the answer. Oh, because it's cold outside. Oh, because we don't have a hat. So I'm like, "Mm, yep, that's what you want to say it is. That's what it is. And it's not easy. It takes a little practice. But you know what? The end result is that you will feel much happier and in a better headspace as opposed if you finally like give in and say yes, then you're upset. Then you're not only upset with the other person, you're upset with yourselves. And then you burn yourself out. So give that person, whoever they may be, a badass no. No. Next, being assertive and being clear. And I just want to make a point that people get confused with assertiveness and aggression. Like aggression, you're really like attacking people. Like you're going after their neck. Assertive is I am, you know, kind of puffing out my chest a little bit and saying, no, like this is not acceptable. So I always tell people, use I statements to express how you feel. Like, I need you to, or I prefer it if you would, or I feel the aggressive person would be saying you. You need to, and you 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 better do something about that, which automatically puts the other person on the defensive. So use those I statements. And making sure that you're clear about what is acceptable and what's not. A lot of times we have a tendency to like apologize for saying now, like, oh, I am so sorry that I can't make it to your daughter's wedding. Are you? Are you sorry? Is it okay to just not be able to make it to your to the child's wedding? Next, what is important is setting clear consequences. So putting some consequ- consequences in place when your boundaries are not respected. So if you have anyone who continues to push your boundaries, I always say, revisit that relationship. Anybody that's going to try to break you down to come up with the the yes, you may want to distance yourself from and revisit that relationship. Because what the message is that they're saying to you is that your needs do not matter and that my needs come first. You want to make sure that you do this in a nice, calm way, a nice, calm way, right? So one night, um, well, many a nights, my husband, he wants to watch um, different shows, good shows too. We'll, we'll start a series and then I'll like bail out when it's almost ending. And there was one night he was just like, hey, you want to watch, um, I forget what it was. It was really good. Um, some action-packed movie. And... A part of me wanted to say, okay, but that's not really what I felt. The okay was coming from, oh, I kind of really feel bad because he's been asking for me to sit down and, you know, watch a show with him. I feel like I'm letting him down. But the true reality was I was exhausted because if I wasn't exhausted, I'm sure I'd be watching a movie with him, but I was exhausted. So I had to tell him, like, listen, like, i I really f- would love to watch the show with you. It it makes me happy. But right now, today was like, 
it was out of control day. Like it was so much happening that I think for for the betterment of me and the betterment of you that I probably take it down and go to sleep. Because what would have happened, and I'm gonna tell you the truth, is I would have sat on the couch, probably wouldn't have sat next to him because I would would have found, I mean, he just asked me to, you know, watch a show, but I would have made it his, his he, he was the issue. I would have sat far apart, would have covered myself up with all these like blankies and sit there pissed off, thinking about what else I could be doing that I could be sleeping, what's gonna happen when I wake up tomorrow and then I'm tired. So then I'm not even like focused on the show. He's seeing how I'm acting. And then before you know it, I'm falling asleep. So it's it's basically a win-win situation for the both of us. And I could always like say, like, listen, hey, weekends are just so much better because I'm not working um, during the day to just kind of make a compromise. Because, you know, again, I want that relationship to work and to flourish. And then lastly, uh, just finding time for you. And it's so funny. When I ask my autism moms about, like, self-care, it's like, I don't know, we, like, cringe with that word. Self-care, self-care. How are you going to ask me about self-care? Who got time for that? Well, we need to have time for that. And I always tell people, just take a five. That's it. Just take take a five. I'm not saying that it's going to, like, fill your well up or anything like that. But But what happens when you don't find a moment to yourself? We'll call it the moment. I know for myself, I become so bitter and resentful, and that's my wake-up call. So when I'm, like, lashing out on people, I know it's—and I start—because I start thinking, like, again, the whole everybody's taking, taking, taking from me. Nobody's giving, giving to me. But that's my issue. That's, that's, that's my story. I'm creating the chaos. And people don't understand what I got going on. So— I try now to pencil me into my schedule because that's the only way I'm going to do it, right? We can pencil in, oh, I got to go to church on Sunday. Oh, I got to this meeting at three. Oh, I got to take the kids to practice. But ain't nowhere on that schedule does it say, hey, I need to take me to um, go to McDonald's, sit in the parking lot, and just eat a McFlurry because that's what I've been doing. That's my little five minutes of fame. And for me, my lavish time is as simple as like, I was actually coming to the studio and I was listening to, I got this little playlist. It depends on my mood, right? So my playlist could be like a little Michael Jackson, you know, uh, James Brown, and then it moves to today. I wanted to hype myself up for the show. I was listening to a little Nicki Minaj and um, Miss Spice and just all these wonderful Cardi B, just to, just to get a little hyped up for the show. But it makes me feel good. It, it's a, such a distraction. It takes me out of thinking about like, oh my gosh, like all the things I have to do and all my commitments. I'm focused on, because I visualize me being on stage, being a rapper, and I'm not a rapper, but I visualize it and it's real. And it is just so great to be in another place. And being in the present moment is like so powerful. It's so powerful. They talk about like mindfulness being in the moment because I know I've said before, a lot of times if I'm thinking far, far back into the past, like if I'm like like staring at my past and not taking a glance, 
a lot of times what the feeling that comes up for me is depression because I'm thinking about everything that I didn't have, everything that went wrong, all the trauma. Then if I'm like focused on things that are in the future that haven't even happened yet, yet I get so anxious. Like what's going to happen to my son when? How do I, what if this happens? What if that happens? And so the only safe place is the present moment, the here and the now. And I know it is so hard to kind of settle our nervous systems in to the here and now. I always say like autism moms, it's almost like a live wire that because our system is constantly, it's called like fight or flight, um, uh, looking for threats in the environment, always on guard, um, always waiting for the the, the next shoe to drop. It, it's it, it doesn't just happen overnight where you're feeling like, oh, I feel more relaxed and I feel good. It takes a lot of training on the body to get yourself to a place where your nervous system can settle down. What was funny was um, uh, I was sitting with my husband on the couch and we actually were watching a movie this time and it was late. And we had a sliding door open. Now I'm into the movie, and then I start hearing like frogs or whatever they are. Um, frog, they were frogs. So I hear, start hearing these frogs, and I mean they were like intense with it. Like it was like a symphony, and I was just like, this is reckless. And so they're going off, and I turn to my husband. I'm like, do you hear that? And he's like, what? That the frogs? I was like, yeah, you hear that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, when did this happen? And he's like, that's always been a thing, right? So basically, like, we've been in this, our new place for a year, and they've been there from the beginning. I just finally showed up a year later. So just think about that. And I always, like, kind of say, like, if you can, like, take a walk and just really notice the sounds, the smells, like really look at like nature because nature is such a good getaway, right? Like look at, I don't like bugs, but look at, I don't know, the le- a leaf and everything about the leaf or the colors now that, um, you know, here in Jersey, we're in that fall, allegedly. Uh, looking at the, the reds and the greens and the blues, it's just something about that because you're in tune with that. And again, it's a distraction from the, oh, my gosh, I got an IEP meeting on Monday or, oh, my gosh, like, did my son, you know, punch a hole in the wall today or how is he going to be? So I gave you a lot of tips and tricks, and I want you to, to remind you that setting healthy boundaries, it's an ongoing practice. So you're not going to be like, oh, I listened to Autism for Badass Moms podcast and Rashida said, let me try this. It may not work that first time because we have a story, right? If it's, again, the story of feeling guilty about the saying no, the story about the uh, being weak about saying no, or the story that I have to do everything, right? So learning to change that narrative into... It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say no. It is healthy. It is It is actually a, a nice kind of uh, uh, looking at who may need to stay in my life and who may need to go based on that. And it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's going to be feel real uncomfortable, right? Like you're going to be in front of a person and you're going to have to say no and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. I'm looking at their face. Oh, my gosh. Hold out. Just hold on, okay? Just know, hold on. And if you need to walk away, just walk away. 
So I want to remind you that embracing the power of no can help you take your power back. Your needs matter. Put them first. Ain't nothing selfish about that. Because if you don't put your needs first, who are you going to help? Who are you going to help? I always think about people who um, uh, drink alcohol and, uh, um, you know, you take the wine bottle and then, you know, people are so nice. You know, they don't pour for themselves first. They pour for everybody else. And before you know it, you get down to it and you got the last drop. That ain't good. Okay. That is no good, right? Like, no, pour your glass first and tell them Rashida said so. So I'm excited. Next week, we have a powerhouse of a guest joining us. So you have to, you have to listen. I'm not even going to give you no clues, but she is amazing. And so you better tune in every Tuesday and make sure you subscribe and like, or even like send this podcast to a friend, you know, who may um, enjoy it or a provider or whoever, because that's how we, again, build this community. There's a lot of people that don't know the podcast exists. And I do my best to try to put it out there on social media. But I got you ladies who are out there that can bring it to people wherever you're at. So if you're in Cali, you in Detroit, you in Florida, you in NY, you in Utah, I don't care where you're at, um, you in another continent, make sure you send it to them. It's not hard. And on that note, I love you. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week. Guess what, ladies? The excitement doesn't end here. We're always on the lookout for badass moms. So if you or someone you know has a remarkable story to share, we want to hear from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, simply visit our website at www.autismforbadassmoms.com and fill out that guest application form. We review each submission carefully and select guests who align with our show's objectives. Remember, this is your chance to share your badass journey, so don't miss out on this incredible opportunity.